Good morning and happy Sabbath. I have been here one time seven years ago, something like that, and uh, I moved to Somerset straight out of physical therapy school in 1991, and I've been there ever since until this summer. We moved to London, and uh, I still work in Somerset, and Shannon took the job teaching at the school in Manchester, and we really needed to be more of a halfway point, so... Uh, and uh, we're members of the Manchester Church now, previously the Somerset Church. So this morning, the title is Religion versus Spirituality. In the age of the internet and social media, we start to see uh, more and more uh, of this moniker uh and I'm, I'm trying to kind of delve into the reasonings behind it, and I've come up with my own thinking process. Not that it is the most correct way to look at it, but nonetheless, you hear things from people putting on their social media or even just talking to someone you, you try to engage a spiritual conversation of some sort with, and uh, you'll hear people say things like, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual but not religious. Uh, People will say, well, all religions are bad. Uh, it's just a way for the few, the elite, who think that they're in control to manipulate others for personal gain, power, financial gain and power, etc. Uh, people will say, God is not a religion. People will say, God doesn't want religion. He wants a relationship. So how many of you have heard comments like these? Okay. Yeah, you hear people of all walks of life say it. People who are Christians will say those things. Uh, different denominations, Protestants, Catholics, Anglicans, agnostics, people of other religious beliefs, Muslims and Hindus and pagans and everyone, you name it. Uh, even Adventists sometimes will say things like that. Do we all mean the same things when we say things like that? Uh, as you know, if you uh, you grow up with a certain mindset, uh, a certain culture, certain background, certain experiences, a word might mean something completely different to you than it does to someone else. Uh, how many of you have, uh, when you've had a child, suggested, well, why don't we name him Johnny? And your wife says, oh no, I knew this kid in school, his name was Johnny, I couldn't stand that kid, I wouldn't want my son named Johnny, or whatever, you know? How many of you heard things like that? Okay, so that, that kind of is one way to prove the point that we all, a, a word might mean one thing to someone, and it might mean something slightly or very different to someone else. Uh, so, nonetheless, the, the concepts of what someone might mean by religion and what someone might mean by spirituality could mean very different things to different people. A lot of people have perhaps in lieu of looking at the things that religions, all of them, have done to their own people groups or to those that are outside of their set of beliefs, uh, kind of shun people or manipulate or control people. 
people uh, after a while have become uh, sick of it, yes? And you can almost, you can hardly blame some people for throwing uh, the baby out with the bathwater or uh, giving up on their religion, uh, particularly Christianity perhaps, altogether. So with our uh, our background as Seventh-day Adventists, you can, uh, you can almost see why some people have uh, given up on Christianity or religion in general. Sometimes the picture of God that is portrayed by our religions and, and whatnot, you can see why some people have, have jumped ship. They're thinking, if God is like that, I don't want anything to do with him. <clears throat> I myself have sometimes ascribed to the theory of God is more interested in a relationship than he is religions or withholding to a certain set of dogmas and so forth. That being said, let me kind of dig into this together with you. Uh, I always welcome dialogue uh, and sincere critique. That's how I uh, become more informed myself. And so uh, today is not about me up here pulpit pounding and saying I've got this all figured out. This is just some thoughts that I've been mulling over for for quite a number of years. So just kind of consider with me uh, all of the wars that have gone on in history. uh, We talked about the Crimean War this morning. I've heard of it, but I hadn't studied it in depth. But uh, thank you for bringing that point out. That was interesting. But you start with as far back as you can get records of wars, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, Medes, Persian, Greeks, Macedonian empires, Roman crusaders, Protestants against the Catholics, Jews against the Muslims, the Nazis against the Jews, modern Protestantism against uh, the Muslims, and so forth. They're all just kind of cajoling, manipulating, bribery, implying torture, and even painful deaths inflicted on each other. Basically so that their own way of life, their own little standard of beliefs can rise to the top, Uh, the way their culture can be maintained over that of the others, or at best to at least preserve their right to continue operating their own way. Uh, We're all well aware of what went on in the Dark Ages, the uh, supremacy of Christendom at the time the torturing and killing that went on. There's a lot of debate as to actually how many, you know, some people say it was a few million, some people say it was 50 million, and people like to ardently argue one way or the other, but obviously there was a time in which Christendom, about the only game running, uh, became extremely wealthy over their ability to manipulate and control others through fear tactics and so forth. Uh, basically, if you didn't agree with them, if you owned a copy of your own scriptures or tried to interpret it for yourself or didn't go along with the way they said things had to be done, that was pretty much it for you. Think of uh, of Hitler and all of the atrocities done by Hitler. Uh, basically, it wiped out over 50% of his own country's population and uh, just by annihil- trying to annihilate Jewish race. Uh, how many have heard of the Kerouac Indians? 
Uh, this is a letter written from King Ferdinand of Spain to the people of the, the Kerouac Indians when the explorers landed in like the West Indies area. It says, in the name of King Ferdinand and Juana, his daughter, Queen of Castile and Leon, the conquerors of the barbarian nations, we notify you as best that we can that our Lord God eternal created heaven and earth and a man and a woman from whom we all descended for all times over all the world. In the 5,000 years since creation, the multitude of these generations caused men to divide and establish kingdoms in various parts of the world, among who God chose St. Peter as leader of mankind, regardless of their law, sect, or belief. He seated Peter in Rome as the best place from which to rule the world, but allowed him to establish his seat in all parts of the world and rule all people, whether Christians, Moors, Jews, Gentiles, or any other sect. Uh, it goes on to say that, therefore, uh, we request that you understand this letter, deliberate on its context, contents with a reasonable time, and recognize the church and its highest priest uh, as rulers of the universe, and in the name of king and queen of Spain, rulers of the land, allowing the religious fathers to preach our holy faith to you. Your own compliance as duty to the king, we'll, we in his name will receive you with love and charity, respecting your freedom, and that all of your sons and wives and daughters and your rights and possessions. And we shall not compel you to baptism unless informed of the truth. You wish to convert to our holy Catholic faith. Then it goes on to say, but uh, should you fail to comply or delay maliciously in doing so, we assure you that with the help of God, we shall use force against you, declaring war upon you from all sides with all possible means, and we shall bind you to the yoke of the church, and we shall enslave your wives, your sons, and dispose of you as the king sees fit. We shall seize your possessions and harm you as much as we can as disobedient and resisting vassals. So this was the Kerouac's Indians' first exposure to Christianity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes you want to be, <laughs> where can I sign up? Um, <clears throat> so, so a, a little bit further, uh, here we now see the, the people that are more of the Protestant persuasion behaving badly. How many of you have heard of the history of the Creole that ended up in New Orleans. Started back in Nova Scotia, 1755, the Protestants, in a route to cleanse the region from those awful Catholics, they would routinely gather all the Catholic men's up into church for a supposed town meeting. The soldiers would then forcibly take the women and children and place them on ships without captains, set them out to sea, burning any remaining vessels, so that the men could not follow after them once they let them out of the church. For years, these men would travel up and down the eastern seaboard, different ports, trying to hopefully find some remnants of their families. Many ended up in New Orleans. That's why there's such a strong kind of a presence down there now. Here we, we can see that it's, it's not just those awful Catholics. Protestants kind of do some awful things as well. How many of you have heard of people saying to a child, if you marry that person, they're uh, you know, we're Baptists and they're not. And if you, you you marry someone who's not of our faith, I know it's going to be bad for you. So the parent probably tried to coerce them, says, uh, I will disown you. 
because I know it's good for you and I love you and I don't want you to be unequally yoked. But it goes so far as to say, there goes your inheritance. You know, you're not gonna, <laughs> not gonna tarnish our family line if you marry outside of our faith. Unfortunately, those things do go on. What about statements like this? If you're not going to remain true to your upbringing in this denomination, whatever denomination that is, then you're no longer my son or you're no longer my daughter. Again, examples of using force and coercion, fear tactics, manipulations to try to control people. We've heard of things also in, and I'm not picking on, I'm picking on everybody here, if you don't get the drift. So uh, we, we hear of Muslim cultures where a family member who converts to Christianity, that they'll just say this on you, or in many cases they've been killed for, for leaving that faith, shaming the family. Uh, thankfully, in this Western culture, we don't do that, right? Think again. Uh, <coughs> We view that kind of as barbaric, uh, kind of a, a way of saving face, uh, a way to protect our own reputation. But is that mindset much different than a good old southern boy taking his rifle, going over to the neighbor and shooting him because he uh, killed my dog or said something unbecoming of my sister? You know, <laughs> uh, so that mentality exists around the world uh, and often and usually in the name of a religion and unfortunately probably most of the time in the name of a Christian religion it's a very sad form of codependency and manipulation it says uh, I, uh, I love myself so much that I am willing to harm or kill you in order for my way of life to continue. Does God's kingdom really work this way? Love me or I'll kill you or at least torture you or manipulate you. Or rather, does God say, you're already being tortured, you're already dying, let me save you. Again, it comes to the way you look at it. I like the latter where it says, you're dying already. Let me save you. How many of you have heard of syncretism? Uh, Syncretism is the concept that all religions are kind of the same. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, I've not studied heavily into all of these things, but you take the... uh, 12 signs of the zodiac. They're all around the center of the sun. Uh, We know that Jacob had 12 sons. There were 12 tribes of Israel, 12 judges of Israel, 12 patriarchs, and goes on and on. Uh, We know the story of Jesus. Uh, He was born of a virgin, did miracles, died, and rose again. Well, Horus, the Egyptian god, was born, they say, on December 25th uh, by a virgin, Isis. Had a star in the east associated with his birth, was adored by three kings, became a child prodigy teacher at age 12, 
was baptized at 30. He had 12 disciples, performed miracles such as healing the sick and walking on water, known by the following monikers, truth, light, God's son, good shepherd. He supposedly died and was resurrected three days later. Krishna, an Indian god, born of the virgin Devachi, is at a star in the east signaling his coming and his birth, performed miracles with his disciples, and upon his death he was resurrected. You go through all of the ancient gods, they have a similar story. <clears throat> the constellation Virgo, or Virgin, a.k.a. the Virgin Mary. The sign was originally anthropomorphized as a virgin holding a sheaf of wheat. Constellation had also the nomenclature of the house of bread from, from the wheat. So Bethlehem actually can also be traded, uh, translated as the house of bread. See a lot of these things going on. So when you have Jesus who had 12 disciples. He was born of a virgin. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He died and rose again. Was he just the newest kid on the block after this long history of similar things? Or was there possibly a master deceiver that just knew enough of the plan of salvation that he could come in beforehand and muddy up the waters? I think so. <clears throat> So, so what is in a word? The word we're thinking of is, is religion. Webster's defines the word religion in the following ways. The service and or the worship of, the, of God or the supernatural. A commitment or a devotion of a religious faith or observance. Personalized set of or institutionalized system of beliefs or attitudes and practices. So, okay, that's what Webster says. And from that, it doesn't sound like there's anything bad about religion. Maybe now it boils down to more what are those individualized or institutionalized systems of beliefs, and could those things make the word religion have bad connotations? That's my premise. So obviously there's many, many religions in the world today. And the Christianity denomination, uh, religion alone, they say there's 30-some thousand different individualized breakdowns of the Christian belief. I, uh, I, I guess I'm third generation Seventh-day Adventist. And uh, I, I tend to sway my beliefs definitely in that direction. However, kind of just hear me out on the continuation of this thought process. What I'm about to share would be in agreement with the majority, if not all the peace-loving people in the world. And we can kind of agree with those who have thrown out the baby with the bathwater in many respects. Don't get me wrong. Don't get too uh, bent out of shape yet. I believe that there is one God, one baptism, one truth, one name under heaven by which we can be saved. I believe that name is Jesus Christ. So let's look at the Bible. What does the Bible 
have to say about religion. By the way, before we get too deep into it, do any of you know that the Bible actually spells exactly which religion is the correct religion? It actually comes right out and like two texts and says which one is, is the best. So we'll find out here. Um, I did some digging, and I, I may, if any of you find other references to the word religion in the Bible that I haven't uncovered, I, I'd like to know about it. But I found seven, just kind of kind of a cute little point. Uh, there's, a, there's seven, the word religion or religious or religions are used a total of seven times in the Bible. Uh, so what I'd like to do here is have us just read out loud. They're just like three lines each text. So could somebody read Acts for a thirteen forty three? Acts thirteen forty three, and somebody else get ready. Acts twenty six verse five. We'll start with those two. Acts thirteen forty three. Okay. So, where you said the word devout, some re- some versions use the word religious proselytes. Okay, so there's the first use uh, of the word religion, and I went and looked up the Greek. I think it's thraiskos. So. Uh, it says devout. When studied, look in the Greek. They're all going to say grace goes. But so that's devout proselytes or religious proselytes. That was the first reference. Thank you very much. And okay, good. Acts twenty six verse five. Go for it. So this is Paul talking, yes? Before he was converted, he was like, of our religion, I was the strictest. Okay? So, so far, do we see anything that is a terrible meaning for the word religion? Perhaps maybe Paul, he says, I was so strict. And you kind of get some implication. If you read it in context, you might find that there maybe was a problem with being such a strict adherent to that religion. Okay, so we've read the first two. Now Galatians 1, 13 and 14. Who can read Galatians 1, 13 and 14? Two times. So now we've got a total of, of four uses of the word religion. So he says, in the Jews' religion, I use that to persecute and 
wasted at God's church. And the Jews' religion profited. In other words, the Jewish religion became stronger. The more we squelched this Christian sect rising, it, it helped keep us in place, which is the whole problem that the Pharisees and the priests had with Jesus was that he was threatening their place. It felt like, hey, we're not going to be able to hold this position of power any longer if this Jesus concept takes off. And so we need to we need to get rid of that. So they use force, coercion, manipulation, and eventually even killing him uh, to protect and what in their minds was God's chosen race, God's holy people. And uh, but they they missed the boat, did they not? Okay, so we've read four uses of the word religion so far. Now, if we could read, we have one more person read James one. 26 and 27. Okay. So now think with me for a moment, all of the people that you run into, you might try to engage in a conversation with somebody at Walmart and they detect that you're trying to engage some sort of a spiritual conversation and they usually put a stop to it kind of by saying, oh, I'm spiritual but not religious. Or you see on their profile on social media, oh, I'm spiritual but not religious. <clears throat> if they read this text all of the social justice warriors that are so popular these days, if they read that text, do you think they would have a problem with religion? But right here is where the Bible comes right out and identifies which religion is the correct religion. It says the pure one, the pure religion, is the one that visits the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keeps themselves unspotted from the world. Now we can say unspotted from the world means they, um, they never do anything wrong or they never become entangled with things that we easily identify as sins. <clears throat> Could it be, not, not saying that those are wrong, but could it also be that just because they don't eat certain foods or they don't wear certain things that they're okay, but could it be that keeping themselves unspotted from the world means they don't ascribe in their own hearts to this idea of using fear, manipulation, threats of violence or actual violence to get their way. Because that is the way of the enemy. That is the way of the world. There's no way to get ahead in this world hardly without using one up over somebody else and I'm not saying we shouldn't study to show ourselves approved. I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, 
toil and, and, and work and be profitable until he comes. I'm not saying that, but is it is it not true that in this world, those that seem to really get ahead are the ones who use some sort of manipulation over others? Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Um, so, <clears throat> those that have businesses that are thriving beyond recognition almost, those that make more money than they could almost know what to do with, can they use that for good? And do many of them use it for good? Yes, absolutely. And praise the Lord for that. Um, Albeit, who knows how some of them got there. And I, I'm i not knocking success. I'm not knocking financial, human, all of those things. Uh, we, we should use the talents that the Lord has given us. Use them to his glory. Yes, what riches are more important? So we've talked a little bit about some of the atrocities that have been done through the names of religion, particularly even the Christian religion. But it's not all bad. Think of Mother Teresa, all the amazingly wonderful things that she did for humanity, living a, a fairly selfless life, doing it for uh, helping widows and prostitutes and mothers who... Uh, and no other way to get ahead in life, and, and their children, and the orphans, and all of those things. She did, uh, most people won't bat an eyelash at someone who acts like that, will they? So at face value, can we say, wow, religion is awful? I don't want anything to do with religions you think of religions as people using fear and power, manipulation tactics, violence or threats of violence to establish their right to rule, then yes, we need to get rid of religions. However, if you use the Bible's definition from James 1, 26 and 7, a religion like that should be the best thing going. Amen? We have examples, the Red Cross, although the cross is a throwback to uh, Christendom. Uh, Red Cross goes all over the world for disaster relief and, and aid. Um, I think nowadays when they go to a Muslim country, though, they use a red crescent. And when they go to a Hebrew country, they use like a red star. But nonetheless, they're, they're using, uh, they don't really claim, I think, anymore to be affiliated with any particular religious sect or denomination. But they do some wonderful things for humanity. We have ADRA within our own family of belief here. They, they do some wonderful things. Nearly all organizations, even pagan ones or whatnot, they, they have some aspect. You see many of them doing some humanitarian things, trying to help those that have been ravished by famine or earthquakes. Could it be that the Holy Spirit is working through all the people, working on their hearts, trying to get them to focus?
follow the way of the master, which is to help the oppressed, the fatherless, those in prison, those in need. So, when you hear the word religion, obviously, a religion is a set of beliefs, and most denominations are identified by proof texting a certain standard of beliefs. Do we use those sets of beliefs as pillars to lift us up and establish us? Or do we use those proof texts, those pillars of beliefs, as a frame, a picture frame, through which we can look and see a better picture of who God is, what God is doing, what he's going to do, do we use those set of beliefs as a creed? Our denomination was formed on the whole concept of we're not a creedal group. Creed has the connotation of a certain set of beliefs, and if you don't ascribe to those, then uh, we have the ability to inflict sanctions on you or, or worse, and it's a very top-down authoritarian structure. So we have what we call fundamentals, which we have to be careful because fundamentals can be very creedal. We don't realize it. Or if we use those fundamentals, like, hey, here is a frame through which we can see a better picture of Jesus Christ, who he is. And if we look at Jesus Christ, we see that he is there to help the oppressed, to help fatherless, to help those who think they have it all figured out but don't, to help those who know they don't have it figured out. He's there for everybody. He wants all to be one back to him, to be at one with him. So James says there's a difference. There's a religion that's vain, and there's one that's pure. The religion that is pure is the one that strives to live like Jesus Christ, through love, commitment, self-control, not resorting to manipulation or authoritarian top-down type rule, doesn't ridicule others. <laughs> so then, to be spiritual. From a Christian standpoint, we understand there's God. God is spirit. Jesus is spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. And the word spirit can connotate fire, breath, wind. Uh, so someone who is spiritual, that we also know that there are evil spirits. So it might be helpful to decide you're spiritual, are you, which spirit, I should say, are you following? The evil spirits, I believe we can see them because they're going to resort to fear, manipulation, control of others for personal gain or financial gain or power, using threats of violence or actual violence to keep their way and uh, rulership versus the spirit of Jesus 
completely the opposite. Self-sacrificing. <clears throat> we see this in Luke chapter 9. They had just been on the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw Jesus and they saw some entity that they ascribed must be the Father. And they, who else did they see? Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you can imagine uh, Peter, James, and John coming down from the mountain thinking, <laughs> this is it. We have been God's chosen nation, and the Messiah has come, and we just got to see the pinnacle ex uh, exhibit of that power. God chose our chosen nation, and out of that chosen nation, he chose us three to display that to can you imagine what a high roller that would be? Honestly, I, I think I would have be caught up in that. Um, so they come down the mountain. They cast out a demonic spirit. Whew, we are on fire. And then what happened? Anybody know what happened to them after that? They requested lodging at some bystanders. And what happened? They were turned away. Well, the disciples said, yep, like they knew their scriptures. They knew that there was examples of that. Uh, Bible, Bible believing Christians, they're using their Old Testament. And they, they knew exactly what course of action needed to happen next. They just needed a hint from Jesus that it was okay to go in there. Like, Lord, would you like us now to call down fire from heaven on these? And, uh, what did Jesus say? I don't know what spirit you are of. So, my prayer for us today, for myself, is to be of Jesus Christ's spirit. Have him working through me, him filling my life, and our cities and our towns, our denomination and our world. I believe that he is working in that realm. I believe that he's soon to display more and more of his spirit, the spirit of self-sacrificial, other-centered love, a spirit that doesn't manipulate from the top down, doesn't use the force of violence or threats of violence to get his way. What spirit are you of? May it be the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen.